One, two, is on? Well, let me talk to you. A little bit of the bubbly. Party, party, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah! It's not hot! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the WrestleGeddon Podcast. I am your host, Chris the Heat Matthews, and joined by your other two hosts, Garrett G. Moneymon and the Tennessee Jesus Carl Crossland, ready to bring you another fun and exciting episode of some wrestling chit-chat with a little bit of this and that thrown in there. Guys, how is it going this week? Uh, I don't know, man. I'm a little tired from my trip yesterday. Oh, where'd you go? DC. Oh, nice. Did you uh, get inside? Oh, um, get inside where? We said yeah to DC. So I was curious if you went in anywhere. Uh, I mean, I you know went and visited a couple places, uh, hung out by the White House, and then went took a trip down to the Capitol and took some pictures oh. of. Yeah, outside, inside. Nice, nice. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I hear Chris is being super quiet on this. <laughs> oh. All right, we're not bringing I'm up. I'm glad politics. you had a good trip. <laughs> we're not bringing up politics <laughs> on this show. <laughs> we try very, very hard not to, but sometimes it's. It's difficult because, like, like we said a while ago, even the smallest voice, the smallest platform, still has a voice. And you know, if we don't mention, you know, some things, and you know, we're kind of wasting, wasting our voice. So, but I, I really don't want to get into what happened yesterday because it was just it was a bunch of the, bullshit to begin with. The whole thing uh, sucked. <laughs> Oh, things suck. Oh, things suck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Every everybody knows our stance already where we're at with all that. So, I mean, yeah. So, um, yeah. I I don't know. That whole thing just infuriated me and just pissed me off. Like I'm I'm all for you know your your right to protest peacefully and all that. But when you have fucking people pissing and moaning about black lives matters protests, you know, and all this other stuff like Kaepernick disrespecting the flag by taking a knee and all this other crap. And you have these freaking white trash inbred hillbillies breaking into pretty much forcing their way into the Capitol building, destroying government property taking down a flag, replacing it with a Trump flag, you made yourself a hypocrite. That's <laughs> you have no ground to stand on going forward. In my opinion, it's ridiculous, but yeah, that, that's all I'm going to say on that. <laughs> oh. On that note, <laughs> follow us on Twitter at wrestle pod with one D uh, you can hit us up on our Instagram page at WrestleGettingPod with two Ds. Uh, we do some fun stuff over on the Instagram. We got the figure of the week. Um, 
which I think this past week's figure, I don't remember what it was. Uh, <laughs> wasn't that an X-Men figure? Probably Ma- Macho Man and Randy Savage. Uh, wasn't a Macho Man. This one wasn't. I don't think this one was a wrestling oh, figure. Okay. I thought it was an X- wasn't it an X-Men figure? I no, I did. That was the week. No, before. it was a couple weeks ago. Okay. This one, I think, was a uh, was a turtles figure. I think this was a um, wing nut and screw loose. I don't remember. I look. I don't. Remember. From the vintage turtles line. I don't no. I'm pretty. Sure, I think that's what the figure of the week was. So, so keep an lookout for that. Those usually drop on Saturdays. Um, basically, it's just a picture of a random action figure in my collection, and you know, just like some random ass memory that I have attached to it, or you know, one of the reasons why I thought it was cool and why I bought it, so stuff like that. <clears throat> but still fun. Uh, so yeah, the Instagram page, uh, facebook.com slash pod with one D as well. We do some fun stuff over there. Occasionally, you'll see some memes uh, created by Carl. Uh, some pretty funny stuff going on over there. <laughs> Especially this, uh, the last one that was posted, which I did share to the Twitter as well. <laughs> Which was uh, which was better, the narcissist or the arsonist? <laughs> uh, it's a picture of uh, Lex Luger and Randy Orton, which is pretty cool. That uh, freaking I got a big pop out of that one. So. <laughs> uh, then you can also head over to our rebranded YouTube channel. That's uh, youtube.com slash for the collection. Subscribe to that as well. Um over there, we're doing doing some uh, toy unboxings, uh, figure hunts, reviews, uh, some news. There's actually a video up with some exclusive news on some upcoming AEW figures. If you want to know what those are, you need to go over to the YouTube channel and check that out. You can also find the link in our Twitter because I shared it there um, after I posted the video. Lots of cool stuff there. Um, other toy videos from like past unboxings that I've done before rebranding it to for the collection uh and also some big news big big news coming out of the wrestle getting podcast camp we have made big leaps big bounds making moves making million dollar moves you can now find us on prowrestlingtees.com slash wrestle getting podcast uh, there is one shirt up there now, which is, of course, the uh, Bad Boys of Wrestling Podcast logo with the Luchador mask in the center. Um, so that is up there available. Pretty sweet looking shirt. Um, but much better than what we had on our Redbubble store as far as quality goes. So definitely check that out. ProWrestlingTees.com slash WrestleGettingPodcast. And right now through the ninth, you can get an additional 20% off of that as well for the new year sale that's going on on prowrestlingtees.com. So pretty psyched about that to get our store launched with that 20% off uh, discount running through the ninth. So you can at least get a discount on the shirts. Um, one of the big reasons I want to do pro wrestling tees, it's more accessible to our wrestling fans and they do more discounts than um, what Redbubble usually offers. So pretty much every holiday there's a sale. On pro wrestling tees and their shirts are amazing um if you do if you purchase from them before if you do the the uh pro wrestling crate you get shirts from them so i'm actually rocking an ultimate warrior shirt that i got from one of the crates which i freaking love so it's awesome so pro wrestling slash wrestle podcast 
Um, I may actually, I think I'm going to do a giveaway. So be on the lookout on the Twitter, um, Twitter tomorrow. We'll drop the, uh, some giveaway information for people who purchase a shirt from the, uh, from the store. So pretty psyched about that. Um, you guys got anything before we, uh, plug our, uh, good buddy, Phil Gentile's fig cave. Nope. I got some. Oh, you got some. Uh, if you guys, uh, listen to the podcast and you, you're going to hear some F bombs. And if you hear, uh, a random blank spot in there. Just know AEW is controlling our uh, our verbiage <laughs> on the channel. <laughs> so if you hear anything messed up, just know that's why. <laughs> oh man. Oh Carl Carl, you didn't Carl's you didn't see no AEW this week. Every about, time so. <laughs> every time they swore like they tried to bleep it out, but it was like a couple seconds behind so every time they said shit they tried to bleep it out but completely missed it oh yeah. <laughs> they had that guy from the claim <laughs> rapping he's like shit blink yeah yeah shit blink i was like what the fuck is he <laughs> i think they tried to bleep out john cena's name too because he said cena in his rap and oh, i think i heard cena a blank twice. spot after that too he said he said cena twice and you know it wasn't actually cared about because jericho was like I don't think he's supposed to say those names. <laughs> oh, man, that's freaking awesome. All right. Uh, so on that note, uh, before we get into the news, ladies and gentlemen, head over to uh, the Fig Cave, figcave.com, which will take you to the Facebook group. It's a free group to join. Uh, basically, it's, it's a figure group um, where we talk about different things. Uh, different action figures, uh, wrestling figures, stuff like that. Guys are constantly doing um, live broadcasts in there for figure hunts, uh, picking up stuff, picking things up for each other. Pretty much anything, you know, buy, sell, trade in the group. Anything that's new in stores, on the shelves is always retail plus shipping. Older stuff is generally, you know, whatever the, the current retail, the current third market price is for it. But lots of good folks in there. Um, was, of course, started by our buddy Phil Gentile, um, who has also launched the Fig Cave podcast, uh, which I dropped their first couple episodes. One has the uh, interview with Kyle Peterson. If you're not familiar with him, definitely should check out his YouTube channel. Um, I think it was like Kyle Peterson 1980, I think is his YouTube. Um, he's got a pretty extensive collection, like really awesome looking collection. Um, definitely check that out. He does drop some um, collecting tips and tricks that he uses as well. Um, you can also follow the Fig Cave on Instagram for a chance to win an Elite 77 Fiend, which is donated by us. Uh, once they hit 200 followers, we'll give that away to one lucky follower on the Instagram page. And like I said, join the Facebook group. It's free. Subscribe to the Fig Cave podcast. Um, it's good to hear Phil back doing podcasts again. He's, he's definitely got voice. He's got the voice for it. He, he does. I love that. It's part of the reason why I love the Chick Foley show so much was, was listening to Phil and like just the banter between them. That's it was fun. Like Phil's great. Great dude. So definitely check that out. Support them. Um, support our buddies at the run in podcast as well. They do some live um, live video chats, uh, pay-per-view reactions in the fig cave. Um, I've been on there a couple of times with them. Uh, just talking about some random stuff happening on the pay-per-views. 
So pretty cool. And that's that's all I've got for our uh, social outcast segment, which um, has been renamed social, social outcast from housekeeping. So did you uh, get this approved by uh, Rosebud? What? What's that? I said, did you get it approved by the Rosebud? Get approved by who? A Rosebud, or maybe he's sleeping. I don't know. One of the social outcasts. Did you get it approved by him? No, I didn't get it approved by him. Rusev wasn't in the social outcast. I didn't say Rusev. I said the Rosebud. What's his fucking name? Adam Rose. Uh, Adam Rose? That's it. Was he in social outcast? I'm pretty sure he was. Wasn't it Heath, Bo Dallas, him? It was Heath, Bo Dallas, and... um. There's four of them. Ah, uh, shit. Who's the other one? There's four of them, though. Uh, Curtis Axel. Yeah. Was Wasn't it, it gender? Rose? It was gender. Was it? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was gender. Man, you're going to make me look it up now. <laughs> uh, I thought it was Adam Rose. I don't think it was. Was he? Was it? Yeah, like maybe, briefly, maybe? Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know why I was who I thought it was in there for some reason. Maybe it was gender. I don't fucking know now. No, it was Adam Rose. Woo! Yeah. I thought it was gender. No, gender was three-man band. That's all. Right. Yeah, 3MB. The greatest... The greatest three-man faction ever, 3MB. Yeah, only one of those people in that entire group never won a world title. Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. He's an impact man. They put the title on anybody. <laughs> true. <laughs> All right. So on that note, let's jump over to the news. Well, hotline fans, I have got a hotline rumor for you. The number? What's the number? Let me call the number. In the Hulkster's hotline, you may do so by dialing one nine hundred forty five one four Hulk. The news this week is brought to you by Date Nights in a Box. So if you're going to be stuck in the house with your significant other during quarantine, why not have something to pass the time? Let Date Nights in a Box help you plan that perfect evening and may increase your chances of getting lucky. So hit up datenightsinabox.cratejoint.com to subscribe to your monthly subscription today. Hey, Carl, we know you have no problem getting lucky. Oh, yeah. Have to but <laughs> but before I get lucky, you know, I always gotta find something to do, and so date night in the park. <laughs> <laughs> He's a Tennessee Jesus. He just has to be like wink, and it's all over. <laughs> you know, you know, Garrett, Garrett, Garrett probably would get uh. Let me holla. Garrett probably wouldn't get lucky, but his ass has to be in bed before fucking eight o'clock. So. <laughs> Excuse you. For midnight, he's gonna turn into a pumpkin. Hey baby, let's go to bed. Then he like actually just goes to sleep. <laughs> And she's like, what the fuck? 
<laughs> all right so on that note not a whole lot of news this week um little tidbits from wwe they are planning on doing a women's dusty roads classic tag team tournament um which is coming soon that was announced during their new year's evil special uh wednesday night pretty psyched for that one honestly i think it's gonna be fun hopefully they get some of the main roster tag teams involved how many teams? Um, it, it'll be what? It's probably like eight teams, isn't it? Is it eight? Yeah, it should be. I think eight. it's eight. Because yeah, that's how many's in the the Dusty Rhodes Classic is eight. Right, it's eight. Yeah. So you'll, I'm sure you'll have like um, you'll Dakota have and Raquel, right? Um, Candice and Indy. Yep. You know, like that, and um. I won't be surprised if we get Yo and Ember. Maybe. You'll probably have um uh, uh Casey Ken Zero and uh, what, about, what about the uh find the hell can't what about Kaden the, Kaden 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 the jumping bomb angels? The jumping bomb angels? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Just bring back the glamour girls. girls. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I think this would be good. Like if they get some of the main roster tag teams involved in this too, I, I think they could fill out the roster pretty well and at least have a a decent tag team thing. But you know, it's WWE, and they're probably just going to stick to, um, you know, the NXT talent. You know, yeah. God forbid we get you know maybe Charlotte and Oscar involved in this as the women's tag team champions. But the other thing is, too, hopefully they do the right thing and make the stipulation for the winner a shot at the women's tag team title belts. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure That'd they be will. Because when's, like when's the last time when's the last time those belts have been defended on NXT? Mm, it's been a while. The last, I think the last team that defended them was Bailey and Sasha. Yep. Oh, but. Yeah, it's definitely Bailey and Tasha. I don't remember who they defended it against, though. So. I don't remember either. But, um, yeah, but they definitely need to do something with that. There's a lot of promise for this if if done correctly. It should be it should be huge. Yeah. I'm I'm assuming this is going to take place uh, over the May Young Classic, since they can't bring in like since they're probably going to have a hard time with travel with outside talent. Yeah. But then again, there are a lot of women in Florida, a lot of women's wrestlers in Florida that aren't yeah. doing much. And if you do, can't get enough of them, there's enough fucking strippers that are out of work right now. <laughs> I was going to ask you, Chris, have they announced every tag team for the Dusty Roots Classic? For the men's classic? Yeah. Um, I know they announced some last night, or they announced like a first round match or something. Well, I know, I know it's Cole and Roddy versus Brizongo. I know it's Everrise versus the Grizzled Young Veteran. Oh, fucking Everrise. I know Gargano and Austin Theory are in it. Okay, so they done, I got an um, article that was published, uh, looks like today. 
full disclosure, we're recording on Wednesday. We always record on, or not Wednesday, on Thursday. So, uh, let's see. So, it's Adam Cole, Roderick Strong will be teaming up to represent Undisputed Era. Um, Legado Del Fantasma, which will be Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza. Everize, Rizongo, Imperium, Maverick and Dane, uh, Kurt Stallion, and August Gray will be the, the last team. Yeah. This is the Grizzly Gang veterans, right? Uh, so there's only there's only eight teams this year, where previous years had featured sixteen. Interesting. No, the reason oh, I no, asked no, no. that was what they said it was noted in our commentary that more teams will be revealed in the coming days. First two Dusty Classic tournaments featured 16, 16 tag teams, while the rest have had eight. Uh, first round will begin next Wednesday as Undisputed Era takes on Brizongo. Gotcha. The reason I was asking is I was curious if the the two guys from the Rascals were going to be in it because I figured they probably would be. Typically, they always have some like big some team, new team or something. That's new team. Because I mean, remember last year they had uh, Kushida and uh, that one dude. Oh, Kushida and Alex Shelley. Yeah, who never wrestled again for NXT. Yeah, it was just a one-time, one-off thing right. for him. So. Which kind of sucked because I would love to have seen uh, the time splitters go on a little farther as a tag team in there. But then yeah. again, we wouldn't have got the uh, Motor City Machine Guns back in Impact. So yep. I'll, I'll take Motor City Machine Guns any day of the week over any other tag team that Alex Shelley's been involved in. Uh, let's see. So that, that should be fun. Uh, something else that I stumbled across while scrolling through Twitter. Um, I saw it was a retweet by someone that I'm following. Uh, game developers Virtual Basement, who did the um, Ark Survival game that came out a few years ago for you know PlayStation Xbox. Uh, they're actually in current development of a new wrestling game called The Wrestling Code. Uh, so far, what I can see, what I've seen for the roster is it's supposed to be 90-plus wrestlers, uh, managers, tag teams, um, non-playable characters like ring announcers, stuff like that. Uh, Chris Van Vliet is uh, part of the the non-playable characters roster. Uh, they're talking endless DLC, so constantly adding updates to talent. Uh, the one big thing that they're doing on this uh, with the talent that they add via DLC is giving the talent a cut of the DLC sales, which is actually pretty pretty astounding when you come to think about it that that they'd actually think is think to do something like that that's kind of cutting edge and could be one of those things where we see different like if it takes off like maybe other companies doing the same thing like with you know nba or nfl with like some of the legends so, but we'll see um pretty like i said pretty extensive roster 90 plus wrestlers um included in that roster are crime time so both oh, Shad yeah. and JTG will be in this game. The outlandish Zicky Dice is going to be a part of this game as well. Yeah, I just want to play this game just to beat the shit Go ahead. <laughs> uh, we got uh, Thunder Rosa, Holodead, Ivalice, uh, the team formerly known as the Ascension. Uh, apparently now they're known by the Awakening. So pretty psyched for those guys. Love the Ascension. Uh, Ken Shamrock, Jeff Cobb, current Impact World Champion Rich Swan, Sue Young, 
ECW legends, RVD, Sandman, Raven, uh, Leo Rush, EC3, Eli Jake, and current FTW and AEW star Brian Cage, just to name a few. You said um, Eli Jake? I heard Jake. Eli Drake. I said Drake. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Enzo's in the game as well for all you Enzo, Enzo marks out there. So. I, I pretty much just want to beat the shit out of me. Eli Drake, the snake rubber. <laughs> oh, there, there's a lot of lot of talent in there. Um, it looks like very promising. The graphics look pretty good from some of the renders that they've they've put out so far. Um, but graphics can be whatever. But it all depends on the gameplay. So if the yeah. gameplay is gonna suck, then like the graphics ain't gonna do shit for this. But they're supposed to be using the Unreal Engine for for the game, so there's some there's some promise there. But uh, if memory serves me correctly, too, Arc seemed to be a pretty decent game. I think a lot of people were pretty pretty happy with that one. Yep. So, so yeah, I've got some vin- it's been a while since we've had some video game news in here, man. Since AEW and all their stuff. Um, yeah, so we move on to that to some figure news. Uh, looks like AEW Unrivaled Series 3, which was just announced a couple weeks ago, is starting to show up at Walmart stores. Um, of course, Series 3 has Orange Cassidy, um, Rio with the Women's Championship, and like a bunch of other people. I can't remember who else was in Series 3. I know it was Orange Cassidy. Oh, that's like and my Rio. two favorite wrestlers. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. You, you love Orange Cassidy. He's like mm-hmm. your wrestler of the year. Oh, uh, what else? It up now. Keep going. I got you, buddy. All, All right. right. Series three is Rio, Orange Cassidy, Darby Allen. Uh, Matt and Nick Jackson. Yeah, that's all I see. Real Orange Cassidy, the Jacksons, Allen. I think there oh. should be one more in there. I see a two pack of the two of like, well, there's like a package deal of the Young Bucks, but that's all I see on here. And this is on ringside. No, that might be it. Then. Oh, yeah. I thought there was more. Maybe it is a five series set. Yeah, I think it is five because I've oh, got no, no, no. Pac is the other one. Pac is Pac. Not that's right. Yep, that's right. Pac, Pac Young Bucks, Darby Allen, Rio, and Orange Cassidy. Pac two of them quick, have, don't have two. Two of them must have uh, uh chases. Chases. Yeah, Darby Allen's got a chase, and uh, Rio has a chase. Yeah, Darby out like Rio's chase is literally like the same outfit. It's just instead of red, it's a different color. And then Darby Allen's got the um the paint down like the entire side of his body, like the side that he normally has painted. Yes. Um, yeah. It's all right. His his dad's gonna teach him how to paint his whole face. It's all good. <laughs> Oh, awesome. 
All right. So, um, yeah, I mentioned earlier, hit our YouTube for an exclusive video with some AEW figure news. That's youtube.com slash for the collection. Um, Unrivaled is also going to be hitting Target as well. So I'm not sure what what's going to be showing up in Target stores. Is it Series 2, Series 3, Series 1? Completely up in the air as pegs have been found with the, the tag on there with the DPCI number, but no one has found any actual inventory yet. Uh, we also have Ultimate Edition 7 hitting Target as well as the Royal Rumble Elite. Uh, of course, Ultimate Edition 7 is The Fiend and Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Uh, Royal Rumble Elites have Austin, Ultimate Warrior, Titus O'Neil, and Umaga as the fourth one. Wow, took me a minute there. So, I'm really looking for the, I'm looking for that Titus. Because we were supposed to get that Titus with the world. I think this one, we we're supposed to get this Titus in the NXT series that was canceled, uh, discontinued through Target. So they moved the Elite into the Royal Rumble series. But it's yeah, the Titus with the Titus World Slide t shirt. So I love it. I'm psyched for that one. So it's been a, been a long time coming for an Elite Titus O'Neill. Uh, let's see. Good Brothers Super 7 figures are up for pre order now. Uh, Ringside Collectibles, Big Bad Toy Store, Entertainment Earth, Super7Shop.com. Like all those places, um, you can pre-order those as well. Uh, Big Bad Toy Store does not require payment up front. Uh, they will they collect payment once the product is ready to ship. So if you're looking for alternatives to Ringside Collectibles and Super 7 and you know paying before the figure ship, uh, Big Bad Toy Store is a good place to try for those. Um Brian Myers and Zack Ryder also, or Matt Cardona, I should say, reveal Hasbro-style figures being produced by Zombie Sailor Toys. Um, of course, Zombie Sailor does all their pins and you know other stuff like that. So those actually look pretty cool. Looks like um, Cardona's that old-school Hulk Hogan Ultimate Warrior like body press, like body slam action, and Myers is a jumper. And then we also have retros coming from Cella Toys, who, of course, did the Nick Aldis figure. So we're getting an all-ego Ethan Page and a blue meanie with uh, some other dude. That's going to be a two-pack. So pretty cool. Looking forward blue to meanies. those. Uh, maybe the blue it's uh, Stephen Richards. The other guy. No, I think it's his... Because um, blue mm-hmm. meanie has a podcast also, uh, so I think it's his uh, co-host for the podcast. Should have been Stephen Richards. Oh. Yeah, they should have did like Steven Richards and then gave us a Nova three pack. <laughs> they should have just flat out gave us the Blue World Order. I like it. <laughs> All right. So uh, before we jump into our Get in the Ring segment, what do you say, guys? You want to run down what was 2020 with the best of, worst of? Let's do it. All right. Okay, so basically all three of us put up, decided to go through and make a list of our best wrestlers of 2020, um, worst wrestlers of 2020, uh, singles, female, tag teams, um, our most underrated or most overrated, uh, who we thought was the breakout star of 2020, and um, who we think that people should be watching uh, going, in, going through 2021 to this year. 
like who who's going to be like the like the superstar tag team or female whatever to watch in 2021 that's going to have like the big year so all right so we'll start off with the the best male wrestler of the year all right so this came this came down to two people are you, are you going first here no, go ahead, Carl. You, you got go. your answer. I'll, I'll let okay. you go. I don't know your answer, so... Okay. No, man, go ahead. I want to know your two... It came they came out of two people. Uh, ben Balor and John Moxley. Uh, and I went with John Moxley. Um, of course, everyone knows his AEW reign as champion. Um and then he won the U.S. title in New Japan at the beginning of the year. Um, I mean, and then in his title defenses, I mean, he had some pretty good matches. And uh, the thing I liked about him was, like, he made uh, everyone that challenged for the title uh, seem believable. Uh, they they seemed like they were a contender uh, the whole the whole time. That's why I went with Mark. And the sad part is, I picked Finn. Oh, Bell. did you? <laughs> yeah, I did. I like went back through and like edited some lines. I mean, you think about it, Finn Balor's had. I mean, granted, he didn't have the title all year, but he's had like his match, his first match with O'Reilly. His hands down, probably one of the top five matches of the year. If not, I mean, yeah, like, like the, O'Reilly broke his damn jaw. If not the <laughs> match of the year, so like. <laughs> That alone, I mean, even like the whole like build up before that with him and Adam Cole before the title, like any of that shit was, was just awesome. So he's definitely had a great year. I I had a very hard time um, with this one. Like I had it narrowed down to a handful of people. I just really just couldn't pick from, um, but like as you as you guys were going through yours, like sitting here thinking, and in all honesty, I think Drew McIntyre probably. I think Drew McIntyre is my best male wrestler of the year. Uh, winning the title at WrestleMania, you know, uncertain, Uh-oh. uncertain if WrestleMania was going to happen to begin with. You know, had some pretty decent matches. Um. Yeah, I I think Drew McIntyre like he, really. Yeah, it was, it was a tough decision for me. Let's so. say, did, did Carl leave the? Did Carl leave the talking? Oh, he's still. I'm still here. No, he's still here. <laughs> I figured he'd be mad because you know Drew McIntyre is, is probably his worst worst meal. No, of the he's, year. he's not my worst meal of the year. Um. <laughs> I, I wasn't a big fan of McIntyre. Uh, I don't know his his matches to me didn't seem um, like he. I don't know. He just wanted to be the underdog in every match that he was in, uh, regardless of the size of his opponent. Yeah. All right, so um, so we go from the best to the worst. Worst male wrestler of 2020. Man, I was going to piss some people off. 
I'm trying. Oh, I had Lars Sullivan first, but then I was like, "That's cheating." <laughs> I said the same thing. That's cheating because that, that's initially who I put. Right, I changed it because I thought of somebody who's who had a who, who's honestly, if we're gonna be quite honest, has had a rough WWE career of the last couple of years. It's just this year, just predominantly, with someone I thought about had a bad year, and to me, I put Dolph Ziggler. I mean, you really think about it, he's done nothing all year. He's, I mean, granted, definitely could have put him in most underrated if you wanted to. But, I mean, he had, he got thrown into a baby feud with McIntyre and got basically beat up. And then outside of that, he's been done nothing. I mean, now he's getting in tag team stuff, but he's probably going to lose. He's always that guy they put in situations to lose. But nobody loses like Dolph Ziggler. Nobody loses like Dolph Ziggler. That is for sure. <laughs> At least you know if you have Ziggler in a match, you're going to get a good match, right? So, and I think that's I think that's pretty much where his place is now. Is he's that guy that they can go to and say, "Hey, we're bringing up, you know, this dude like AJ Styles is coming, and we want you to run a program with him." You think about it, Baron Corbin. They brought Corbin up. Who did he feud with first? Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, the sad thing is, is I almost think like just I, I literally, it was between Ziggler and Baron Corbin who I was going to pick his first <laughs> superstar. It was really close. So, like, Dolph, Dolph's is that guy that they they run talent through just to see if they can hang or, you know, just yeah. see how good they're going to end up being in the match with them. So, I think I think he's their, he's their pace setter, so to say. Yep. But I, he definitely deserves a little bit more than what he's getting. Yep. Uh, Carl, so who I you went got? with uh, John Morrison, Johnny Nitro, Johnny Impact. Uh, yeah, Johnny uh, I mean, he had like a, a decent start uh, to the year. Um, out of everybody here, uh, I guess like for me, he was probably like the most disappointing wrestler because uh, I kind of thought like in Impact, he kind of broke through as a single star. Um, then he came to WWE, uh, they teamed him up with, uh, Miz, uh, they won the tag team championships, they had, uh, he had a really good, um, ladder match in that, uh, was it WrestleMania? Um, I believe it was, uh, yeah, the, yeah, uh, the tag team, well, ladder it, wasn't match. Tag, it was like, a, it was a, for the tag team yeah. titles, but it was a three, yeah, it was like a three way, yeah. It was a, yeah. Uh yeah, the I mean threat. everything looked good. Yeah. Um and then after that match and losing the belts, uh I mean he just became this character of himself. Him and Miz were basically just comedy routines, um where they pretty much got beat by Drew McIntyre in like a handicap match. Um I wanna say somebody else beat him in a handicap match as well. Uh and then they lost to just about uh, every goofy ass tag team uh, on them. I mean, <laughs> if you think about it, John Morrison ended 2020 humping a railing yeah. in a stairwell. But I mean, 
I was, like I said, it's like one of the biggest disappointments, like I said, for me. Because, like, when I heard that he was re-signing with WWE, I thought, like, oh, this is, he's going to finally get, like, a good singles push in WWE. But, uh, yeah, I was wrong. Yep. <laughs> I think, I think we're all on the same page with that one. We're, I know I was expecting more from the John Morrison run than what we've gotten so far. And just turning him into like a complete dumbass and like a total like comedy gimmick is just like I understand, you know, you need people to do that, but that's that's not Morrison. Morrison's not the the comedy guy. Like he's he's your he's your one that you go to for ladder matches. Yeah, to, I mean I would you know do some crazy shit. Or you know, I jump would put off him in the feed with and, like AJ Styles or yeah. you know. Somebody like that, of that caliber. Uh, but, you know, I guess I don't work for WB, so I don't get to create my budget. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so we'll go from there to my uh, worst male wrestler of the year, which probably isn't going to surprise anybody. <laughs> Marco fucking stunt. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad. Me and Carl were talking about this today too. <laughs> Marco has not won a single match that that I can recall throughout all of 2020. Every single tag match that he's been in, I believe him and Jungle Boy have lost. And it's usually him getting pinned. If I have to see him do the freaking floss one more damn time in the ring, like I literally want to just kick him in the face he, myself. He, he probably shouldn't watch AEW next week. <laughs> no, I know. It's like FTR is going to beat the shit out of him. <laughs> so, plain and simple. Like, there, there's no way that Marco Stunt and Jungle Boy are beating FTR. Like, that's not going to happen. So, it's just, man, like, negative one. His, a, his promo on AE Dark was like right on the money. With Marco Stunt. He's literally just a glorified manager for Jurassic Express. And, and th- that's it. So, like, he's definitely not the standout talent of the team. Uh, Jungle Boy has been a hell of a lot more impressive than Marco Stunt ever has. And in all honesty, I'm still waiting for my goddamn fantasy match of Marco Stunt and Hornswoggle because I know Hornswoggle could beat Marco Stunt's ass. <laughs> yep. I'm done. Done, Marco. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> I'm say Chris is going to call your mom and get your wrestling permit uh, taken away. <laughs> so you have to stay at home and study for your final exam if you keep failing. I mean, back in your I, mean class. Be, I mean, to be fair, though, like, <laughs> I wouldn't expect him to win. Like, he's... <laughs> Like I wouldn't believe like he'd win any match that he was in. <laughs> Unless he had a well, match with like a that's fifth the grader. Thing, though. <laughs> if you look at someone <laughs> if you take someone like Marco Stunt and you make him that underdog character where he gets like his ass beat in the entire match and just you know, the opponent slips up, you know, gets cocky, posing or whatever, and Marco gets a roll up. Or something gets a quick win, or you know, hits like a quick finisher or something, ends up winning by count out, something like that. You can get more momentum going with him 
to actually make him into something. And that's not what they're doing. Instead, they're just using him as part of Jurassic Express, as more of like a manager or as um, FTR called him, a glorified um, mascot. And that is, that's all he is, like, in all honesty. And negative one was right. He does have a stupid face. Yep. Man. Oh, all right. Best female wrestler of 2020. Um, I thought I'll go first on this one. I, I couldn't decide. I, I've actually got a tie. Um, and that's between Asuka and Sheeta. Like the two, the two of them had phenomenal years in 2020, um, both becoming champions for their respective respective companies. Um, even though Oscar's was given to her because Becky went out pregnant, but still, like Oscar's taking the ball and ran with that, and still had the most matches wrestled out of anybody on WWE's roster with a total of 64 for the year 2020, and most of Sheeta's matches, majority of Sheeta's matches that she's had. Um, including last night's match or Wednesday night's match with Abaddon was have been solid. Like especially like her matches with Thunder Rosa were great. Like her, like everything, everything she has done has been awesome. So she's definitely had a hell of a 2020. And same with Oscar. Um. Yep. So my mine came down to a tie too, um, but. I I actually went with one of them, um, and uh, I'm going with Bailey. Uh, it was between Bailey and Sasha Banks. Uh, I mean, they like she won. She was able to establish herself as a heel. Like she owned that. Um, she kept the women's championship uh, most of the year, um, and. Um, was also a tag team champion, women's tag team champion. Uh, and on top of that, probably had the best storyline in WWE, I would say, uh, going all year. Uh, except for maybe the Roman Reigns uh, family angle. Um, uh, so, yeah, I went with, went with Bailey. <laughs> all right. Mine was oh, uh, also a tie. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> my uh, my best team of the rest of the year is Guana. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't Who? say that. Wow? I, couldn't, I really? couldn't say that with a straight face. <laughs> I tried so hard. I was like, I can get through this. I can get through this. So, quote Billy K. Are you joking me? <laughs> <laughs> Then we find um, out. Then we find out like she's so good, Dick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I also went with Bailey. So, uh, I'm Bailey. Bailey's a solid choice. Like she really, like I I know I was a little uneasy with her being like the heel character. I know we were all waiting for her to turn heel, but like once she found her rhythm with it, like she really took off. And had some like phenomenal matches throughout 2020. Um, so yeah, definitely. Like if I wasn't stuck between Oscar and Sheeta, Bailey is definitely on that list too. 
All right. Uh, worst female wrestler of the year. If anybody's answer is anything other than Lana, uh, we're, uh, we're done. Carl's answer is not yeah. Lana. Uh, <laughs> mine, my answer, Carl, is going to make you happy. But go ahead. Um, my my answer was uh, Peyton Royce. Um, you know, um, I would have thought that the Ilconics uh, would have been women's tag team champion. Or how, uh, <laughs> however you say it. Shit. It's Iconic. 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 Because uh, they were, <laughs> <'cause> they were <laughs> sick in quite a few of their matches. Uh, yeah, the the two tag team matches with the Riot Squad uh, were probably like the worst matches I've seen all year. Uh, one was like the pre-show for I forgot what pay per view it was. I wish I had my notes. Um, and then the the second match was either the next week or the week before on I think um, SmackDown. Oh, that was the um. Had their last up. match that they had was the the loser. you know split up? Um, didn't get a singles push. Uh, um, and then Nashy's teaming up with Lacey Evans and another tag team. Uh, you know. I think that has to do more. Well, bad I mean, the match with the right squad that was just—it was like Batmania. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah. All right, Carl, are you ready for my answer? Okay. My answer is gonna piss. My answer is gonna no, piss Chris off. <laughs> my answer is actually Britt Baker. Why? Because every match yeah. she won was a squash match. Every match I watched yeah. her in was terrible. It wasn't terrible. But, like, her whole feud with fucking uh, Big Swole was a enormous was. disappointment. Granted, that's not... That match was... That match was terrible. That match was total garbage. Terrible. And like, you think I, every I'm not match even gonna she won that match. this year was not against anybody big. It was mostly squash matches. And it was her just yeah. belittling. Like I don't want to. I want to watch her wrestle somebody. That's why I actually want to watch her wrestle Thunder Rosa. Like I know it's going to be good if they actually let them fucking wrestle. But like I, I, her entire wrestling this year has just been to me not her standards. Like not what I know she. Yeah. Can play I mean, I, because they just don't know what yeah, to do. Yeah, I. Uh... I agree with Garrett. I wish I could change my answer, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> I think when it when it comes to that, like you're only as good as your opponent is. So if you're getting shitty opponents, like I'm not saying Big Swall is not shitty. Eh. Like Big Swall is actually pretty decent in the ring, but like some of these other people, some of the other people that that Britt Baker's been in the ring with, um haven't been the greatest to begin with. So like you have to adjust your style to adjust to what they know. 
Like, I'm sure if you put Britt in the ring, like coming up with Thunder Rosa, we're going to get a better match. If you put her in the ring with Serena Deeb, we're going to get a better right. match. And Eva Lee's Diamante. I think I'm not saying like, from, she's the worst wrestler because of her, her so being what, a terrible what, wrestler. She's been the worst wrestler because she's been in bad situations. So, what you're, so what you're saying is she'd be better match. off if somebody carried her in a match like Thunder Rosa or. Or somebody that's better. I I I still ain't so I still ain't yeah. sold on Britt Baker. Uh, I've bitched about her quite a bit on the podcast. So. <laughs> I think her mic work and though, when she was out injured, was, was probably corny. some of the best work corny. that she's done all year. Uh, and then that and then that that Dennis match was this fucking garbage. No, that, that match was trash. <laughs> like, I don't think they knew what they were doing. And it's just, and it showed. So, it basically was like, oh, let's go through every dentist, every room in this office and see what we can do. And then, let's put all this random medical equipment the, the on people. She's a the dentist, like, still, like, <laughs> that's a fucking stupid gimmick. Like, I mean, I know she's a dentist in real life, but it doesn't <laughs> have anything to do with, like, her character. Like, unless she was, like, she was like pulling out bitches' teeth, like you know, after she pinned them. <laughs> she is the, she's the Bret Hart of wrestling dentists. Yeah. Good choice, Garrett. Good choice. <laughs> this is a, hey, this is a this is a wrestler, <laughs> this is a wrestling podcast. First, uh, Carl agrees with Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I knew you'd be happy about it. I told you. Oh. <laughs> uh, my pick was Lana for obvious reasons. Like, I mean, who had the feud with a fuck? Who, who, terrible. who goes and almost wins a slammy for her feud with a table? Lana. Lana. <laughs> 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 yeah, there, there's not much I can say. Like, I, I would love to say that she's improved in the ring. I, she has a little bit, but not to like a standard to where to all the women around her. Like, if you look at Carmella, Carmella wasn't the greatest, but she coming into this feud with Sasha, like that match her and Sasha had at the last pay per view was great. Like Car- Carmella really showed up and showed out. Like Lana, like I, I just I just don't. I'm not feeling. I it. think I it shows since the they split her up with Rusev. So somebody, or when you date someone like Corey Graves, who's had like X and X and X and X and X amount of experience and has more of like a technical background, or you have some big dude yeah. that's just a big brute who does big moves like Rusev that really can't teach Lana the moves he does because he can't, because she can't do this stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, she you can get training right. elsewhere. You don't right? have to wrestle with your boyfriend. You're friends with Natalia, <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, I know, but you get a lot of cues for people you date. That's for obvious reasons. I mean, you know, honestly, who who did Ronda train with when she was training? She trained with Natalia. Right. So why why wouldn't Lana do some training with Natalia to to well, learn better? She doesn't to like become Natalia more technically sound. She didn't like Natalia, and it's uh, all a ploy. Well, I mean, she, she maybe who knows? Freaking uh, Liv Morgan trains with She's Natalia, smart. so 
Yeah, she's Barla small, Bergen's though. Maybe she should train with someone like smaller, like uh, Riho. Riho or someone. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe her and Riho should train together. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think even Riho could help Lana. Like, like Riho is like freaking, um, like the Roman Reigns to Lana's, um, Marco stunt. So, so, I mean, yeah. Uh, oh, good lord! All right, let's move into uh, the best tag team of the year for twenty twenty. FTR. Right. I, I went with Omega and Hangman Page. I, I also I, um, picked FTR. Uh, don't get me wrong, Garrett. Uh, Hangman Page and um, um, shit, Kenny Omega were on my uh, were on my list as well as the Golden Row models. Um, but uh, the reason why I didn't pick them is because I felt like uh, most of the year was like kind of built towards them breaking up um, rather than. You know, being a cohesive team, but they probably were one of the better tag teams. I was looking with this. I was looking more actual tag teams, not singles wrestlers thrown together. Yeah, I mean, I get, I get what you're saying. I just think for me, like, if you look at the best tag they, team matches of the yeah. year. Yeah, they had they, they had some all. good tag team matches, uh, and they were better yeah. than anything that Raw, like oh, Raw and SmackDown, kind of dropped the ball on tag teams. But. All the time, <laughs> but then but yeah. then they lost to the greatest tag team in the world, and that was FTR, <laughs> who then turned around and lost to some of the Bucks. <laughs> all right, so um. Worst tag team of the year. I know Chris's pick, and I know my pick because I yeah, I think my stuff around. Yeah, go ahead. You want to know what my pick is? Butcher and the Blade. I can't. They were on the fucking Butcher and the Blade. They are like the most useless. Yeah, they were on my. They were on my list. Uh, they were on my list too. Um. I think I went with the Viking Raiders. Uh, I I don't have my notebook. Uh, I wrote notes down. I think I went with the Viking Raiders over uh, Butcher and the Blade. Uh, just for the fact, it was like the same reason, like the Don Morrison uh, thing is. Like, you would expect more out of them, but they were just like a comedy act uh, all year, um, and then. They did get serious um, in the um, uh, like Raw Underground, but it was more of like a singles thing. It wasn't like as a tag team. So um, to me, they were the worst worst tag team. Yep. All right. Who you got, I, Garrett? We're sag team. Oh, oh, Butcher and the Blade. Sorry. Good. I didn't know what yours is. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, mine, Ever Rise. Not the garbage. 
just total garbage. They really look like they they just want to be the young bucks. And their name sounds like a like a nineties but not band or something. <laughs> ever uh, like a rock band like Everclear. <laughs> <laughs> We're Canadian. <laughs> oh man, just just total garbage. Like as soon as they they saw as soon as I saw them on NXT TV. I was like, who the fuck are these guys? It was like, when you order the Young Bucks off a of Wish, you get Ever-Rise? <laughs> like, it was bad. Nah, dude. Like, nah. Terrible. And, like, and it looks like they literally found the Young Bucks, like, Generation Me ring attire from Impact and just, like, cross out, you know, you know Gen Me and put Ever-Rise on there. So it's, just, it's like, I'm yeah, like, you thought they should get a copyright. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking lawsuit. <laughs> something <laughs> all right uh most underrated talent of 2020 now this could be singles uh male female tag team um what whatever you thought was the the most underrated talent in 2020 um on uh mine i went with uh shameless Uh, I, f- I feel like uh, every, I mean, there was like maybe one or two matches that wasn't wasn't great, but I mean, every feud he's been in this year, um, he's done like a hell of a job, even with some of the, like the worst of talent. Like, uh, he really knows how to to orchestrate a match, um, and I feel like WWE should like push him towards like a you know a mid card belt like the uh US or intercontinental title. I I, I agree with that. I like Seamus. Always been a big Seamus fan. All right. Uh I've got got it narrowed down here. I haven't picked just one, but I've got a Zicky Dice. Johnny Swinger and the Hybrid Two as my as my most underrated talent of 2020. Granted, Zicky wasn't able to do a whole lot being under contract with NWA, but um, <laughs> I freaking love Johnny Swinger and Impact. <laughs> I think they need to utilize him more. He's freaking hilarious. Um, you're looking at someone that's that's reinvented himself from like the ECW days into. This like throwback type character, um, constantly like <laughs> referencing like the good old days of wrestling. You know, talking about you know when you throw powder in somebody's face, you have to yell Fuji, like stuff like that. <laughs> he's got the fanny pack. It's it's great. Like I love. Like he's literally one of the best parts of Impact Wrestling. Like every week, and was one of the better parts of the the Wrestle House thing that they did. And the hybrid two, um, and Helico and Jack Evans, like these guys can do so much more than what AAW is doing with them. They're a fantastic tag team. I love that they're getting some shine right now, um, feuding with the Young Bucks and um, uh, SCU. But they they definitely deserve a little bit more. They they should totally be in the tag team title hunt in AEW. It's great talent. Yep. Yep. 
Uh, I think my most underrated is going to be Cesaro. And, you know, you could throw Shinsuke Nakamura in there, too, if you want. But uh, they both uh, basically fall through the cracks of the tag team. They don't know what they're doing with them. They shouldn't really honestly be a tag team. They're way better singles competitors. And, I mean, they both can hold their own in a fucking singles match. They both should hold some sort of titles when they could in. And they're just... WWE has no idea what they're doing. I agree with that. <sighs> All right. Most overrated talent of 2020. <laughs> Curious. Who do, I have, who do I have on my first list? Uh-huh. I was wondering who I had on my... Oh, that's who I had on my first list. I forgot on my first list <laughs> I had the worst tag team it's ever rise to. You know who my most overrated is? Braun fucking... Who's your most overrated? Fucking terrible... <laughs> Shouldn't have a fucking title. He's not good. He's trash. He sucks. Everything sucks. It all sucks. He only got the title because freaking um Roman wasn't there or wasn't able to wrestle. It matters. It's the only reason why he got that title from Goldberg. I want to say he was overrated. So, I mean, he traded it just right. Um, I mean, he's a power. You're telling me he's rated. You're telling me he's rated good enough. To yeah, win I mean he's good enough. And then he no. he did what he had to do so that the um, Roman Reigns wouldn't get a, a a pin on the fiend. Ah, oh, yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> I stand by um, Carl. I got uh, went with uh, <laughs> Drew McIntyre. As my my overrated uh, star, <laughs> um, I just I just uh, oh man, he's doing what he I know. I just feel like his 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 title run has been overhyped. Um, and I mean they're giving him like the best of the best right now to work with. Uh, I mean he had a feud with Randy Orton. Um, and uh, I mean. I felt like Randy Orton pretty much carried that feud. Um, and, like, he, only thing he'd come up with is, like, the same old, like, oh, uh, you're mean to me uh, coming up. I'm just going to take uh, fucking Kofi Kingston's uh, stick and just run with it. Um, and I just feel like, I just feel like, you know what I'm saying? Like, as a, <laughs> I, I feel like if there was a crowd there, uh, he probably wouldn't get as big a pop and, uh, I just, you know, I don't feel like he's what we thought we were going to get when he won the title from uh, Goldberg. I mean, not Goldberg. Uh, Lesnar. Lesnar, yeah. I, from Lesnar. I think at Mania, if there was a crowd when he won that title, he would have got a pretty big pop. Because, you know, like, the WrestleMania fans are, like, the hardcore of the hardcore fans that are the ones that are always bitching about um, Lesnar having the title and, like, really wanted to see Lesnar get yeah, but, get beat for that belt. 
I think he, he probably would have got a big pop at Mania. Yeah, I think he probably got booed during Mania, but I think it would have eventually died out. Uh, and then the um, the Randy Orton ambulance match, I think, like they probably would have turned on him again, but. Yeah, but uh, we're gonna go hot take here for my most overrated, that goddamn Darby Allen. Oh, it's such a hot take. Hot take. The I, I'm not saying he's a bad wrestler. Like his matches are entertaining. I just think that there's more hype, more like not enough sizzle. I guess with the character, it just doesn't resonate with me at all. He just. He, it's just one of those things. Like he, he looks like a goth Jeff Hardy. Hair. Like, <laughs> like you can tell he was influenced. <laughs> you can tell his influence came from Jeff Hardy and Jackass. Like that's that's pretty much what it is. Like he's he's someone who was a Jackass fan when he was like twelve and decided he wanted to be a pro wrestler. That that's that's what it is. I just I'm not a fan of Darby Allen. Like. Does he put on good matches? Yes. Just doesn't resonate with me at all. No. All right. Uh, breakout wrestler of 2020. Uh, breakout wrestler, someone that we that you feel that had the best year in 2020 or just came out of nowhere and really made a mark and put themselves on the map. I mean, I don't know that my answer did that necessarily. I guess it kind of did. But uh, my answer was Keith Lee. Keith Lee had a great 2020. I mean, you think he came out. He came. He was in NXT. He came, won, had the North American Championship, had the NXT Championship, and then obviously ended up losing them, came to the main roster. And then, I mean, even on the main roster, he's had, like, great matches with everybody. And granted, they're not been for titles, but like every match he's been in has been really good. Except for this past Monday, he had um, it was him and McIntyre. I didn't watch it. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my breakout wrestler, twenty twenty, Shotzi Blackheart, really just came out of nowhere and just just completely like took over and won won over the crowd. Like the live crowd at home crowd, like she, I'm fire. Um, I, I love I me some got shots. A, uh, hot take because he hasn't had uh, a whole lot of matches. Um, but my pick is uh, Pat McAfee. Um, I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> credit to Adam Cole because you know he went on his podcast uh, and get everything stern. But I mean. I remember when it uh, it it first happened. Like everybody on the podcast was like, "Is this real? Is this a shoot?" Like because he uh, McAfee he played that so well, um, and then uh, knowing that going into um, uh, it from being a celebrity and like an outside sports star, he knew he was going to be heel. Um, and he kind of owned that uh, that heel role um, pretty well. And then, I mean, I, I gotta say, dude had talent. You know what I mean? Like he probably put more work in than 
I would think like any like crossover wrestler that I can think of um, that was like a legit crossover wrestler, not like you know somebody that couldn't hack it in football, and um, so they you know came in uh, <clears throat> Goldberg, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> but uh but yeah i mean i mean yeah and the the what two matches or yeah that he's had they've been phenomenal uh and uh, that's my breakout talent awesome all right so who to watch in 2021? So th- these are people that may be flying under the radar that may be poised to have either, you know, carry over momentum from 2020 and and have a phenomenal 2021 or just someone that's just looking to, to step up and make a mark in 2021. Um, this one, I got two people. Uh, Thunder Rosa who had a great 2020 um, NWA women's champion um, seen her surface up on AEW, um UW went prime time. Uh, she did end up losing the NWA title to uh, Serena Deeb, but she's also been put into a program with Britt Baker. We've had great matches with her of the Eva Lease and other talent. And I think going into 2021, I think we're going to see more from her. I also forgot her matches with Sheeta have been freaking amazing. So, but going into 2021, I think Thunder Rosa is poised to be like much bigger than what she was in 2020. And then someone who definitely need to watch in 2021 is Scorpio Sky. He's just looking looking for a moment to just come into his own and just break free. And I think um, he's just underutilized. <laughs> I, I think he's very underutilized on AEW's roster right now. So, but I think they're, I think they may be stepping towards something with him and hopefully that pans out. Hopefully he gets away from AEW and goes to NXT. Maybe. Or even impact. That'd be cool with that too. <laughs> so I kind of right, so you guys got who watched twenty twenty one. But I, I changed it after talking to Garrett this morning. Uh, but I was <laughs> like, you know, it's like who to watch. So I'm like, fucking watch Kenny Omega. He's getting ready. I think he's gonna do like a this. Um, I think he's going to win multiple world titles. Um, I think he's going to try to do like this, like triple crown uh, thing, where he'll have um, uh, the AEW, um, the Impact, and maybe New Japan uh, title. Um, but um, you know, since we were looking for some kind of flying under the radar that's going to pop up, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Cedric Alexander. Uh, I think if WWE is smart and they're headed the way I think they're headed, I think that um, they may 
push Bobby Lashley uh, into like a, a, a larger title, one of the uh, titles, and Cedric, I think, is going to actually uh, turn face again and challenge um, Bobby Lashley and also maybe a feud with Shelton Benjamin um, that we should look forward to. Yeah, I can see that. I know they're kind of teasing a uh, a split between Cedric and the Hurt business lately. Not like the last couple weeks, right which now, I hope they don't go towards because it's kind of yeah, not stupid right to now, add him to it. Just to split them off a little bit more, and I think like maybe put Bobby Lashley into the the world title hunt or in you know give him the the title, um, and then have Cedric challenge him for it. It's like kind of like for root rock. Yep. That makes sense. All right. So, my who to watch for 2021 is going to be Bianca Belair. I think she's going to win the women's title by the end of the year. She's probably going to win the Royal Rumble. <laughs> but no, I mean, like... I can I I see that happening. She's, she's somebody who, I mean, has had really good matches in both NXT. I think she's had some decent matches on the main card, but they haven't really, like... She hasn't really found her groove necessarily yet. Um, But... I think if they put her in the right matches in the right situations, I think she'll shine. And I could definitely see her winning a winning title yeah, I, over the years. I'm I'm not sold on her. Um I, I mean I, I see, see I can see them pushing her. Um just because she Do you wanna know why? But, do do you wanna know why? It's it's all it's all comes back to your least favorite tag team. Well, I mean, it kind of comes down towards that, but it's not like hers, like my hatred for the street profits, but she's kind of has that same kind of persona where like she is this like a comedy act and twirls her hair, um, you know, and that I just, that's not what I'm into, you know, it'd be like, you know, her drinking orange juice and powering up. Anna, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. All right. Uh, before we jump into the ring, do you guys have any bold predictions for 2021? Um, the rest of the podcast gets picked up on the WWE Network. <laughs> 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 Is that bold enough for you, Chris? That's pretty bold. I'll get fired. We'll be able to talk about day. half the stuff we talk about. So. <laughs> He's no longer on the podcast. All right. My bold prediction. We'll have a hundred listeners. No, uh, can I can I throw out a bold prediction though? Okay. Um, 
I say that Cesaro yeah. uh, leaves WWE, uh, goes to AEW, uh, and ends up uh, winning one of the titles off of Kenny Omega. Ooh. As, Interesting. As Claudio Castanoli. That's uh I would love to see that, honestly. I think that'd be great. Um me, I think we're gonna get more partnerships with AEW impacts. I'm gonna say that. I'm gonna say that we're gonna see more partnerships outside of WWE with some of these other companies. Um, Ring of Honor, New Japan, now kind of like what AEW and Impact are doing right now. I think we're going to see more of that going into 2020. Almost to say that there might be like some kind of like big like super show between all of these brands at some point. I think I think that's going to happen. We will see. I could see it for sure. Oh, show. <laughs> All right. Okay, so um, let's get into the ring. We're going to just run through things a little quickly here because we still have a retro review of the uh, 1988 Royal uh, Rumble. Uh, run through that real quick. It was decent. But it was the first. It was the first. Like, no, so. garbage. I forgot. We have to rate it, Chris. We have to rate it as a as a regular aired uh, show, raw show, not a pay per view. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't technically wasn't a pay per view. So. Uh, let's see. Okay, so SmackDown. There really wasn't much to talk about on there. Or really, anything worth noting? Some stuff did happen, but nobody really gives a shit about it. Um, raw. We had Goldberg interrupt Drew McIntyre on Legends Night. Um. The funny thing with this is Goldberg came out and uh, told Drew that he doesn't like how he is disrespecting the legends after Drew said absolutely nothing disrespecting the and legends. And had an amazing promo with Hulk Hogan, like, middle of the night. Yeah. Yeah. So, basically, Drew was supposed to say something regarding the legends, which will prompt Goldberg to come out, but they cut it due to time constraints. But apparently, they didn't tell <laughs> Goldberg. Sounds great. So we are getting Goldberg versus Drew for the WWE Championship at the Royal Rumble. Nobody asked for that whatsoever. And that's probably going to be the worst damn match of the night. The sad thing is, is you would think Goldberg would be like, huh, this doesn't make sense. Maybe I shouldn't say this. But no, he has, he doesn't know how to talk, so he just can only read what's written in front of his face. So he just says... Goldberg is literally... Goldberg is literally Ron Burgundy. Oh, I know. He cannot read anything that's not on the teleprompter. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, so there's that. Um, NXC, we had New Year's Evil, um, which I did not get to watch. Um, we had Killer Cross take on Damian Priest, uh, which Cross ended up defeating Priest. Raquel defeated Rip, uh, Rhea Ripley. And Balor retained over Kyle O'Reilly in the NXT Championship match. 
Uh, some other fun stuff in there, like uh, Shotzi Blackheart shooting Awesome Theory right in the ghoulies. Yep. <laughs> Didn't see that. Um, ghoulies is Awesome Theory's nuts, by the way, if you're not familiar. <laughs> Thank you, Stu Bennett, for uh, the term ghoulies. <laughs> Uh, I think that's going to be the title of the show this week, right in the ghoulies. I like it. <laughs> um, I did watch Dynamite. Uh, we had Hikaru Shida defend the the AEW Women's Championship against Abaddon, which was a decent matchup. Um, Abaddon was a little bit more impressive in this. And to close out the show, Kenny Omega defeated Ray Phoenix. And there is, of course, like every other AEW event, there is a huge beatdown. Um, as uh, Moxley came out and jumped Omega after the match with the barbed wire baseball bat, who makes the save? The Good Brothers make the save. Finally, we're getting some impact stuff happening on Dynamite. Unfortunately, it did not involve Rich Swan, which it should have. So it should have been Swan coming in after the Good Brothers, him and uh, Motor City Machine Guns. But uh, instead, we got like everybody sitting around ringside trying to get rid of um, Omega and the Good Brothers until the Young Bucks came out to try to calm things down. And uh, I think it was uh, Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman, uh, Brian Pillman Jr. grabbed grabbed uh, Omega was holding him against the ropes and uh, Gallows blasted Garrison, I think, with the belt. And um, I think it was Nick Jackson. I think it was Nick. Nick super kicked uh, Brian Pillman Jr. Mm. Then they then they all threw up the two sweet in the middle of the ring. So the band is officially back together, it looks like. To the point where next week we're getting Kenny Omega and the Bucks. And some six man tag action, a little elite reunion coming next week on Dynamite. What they should really do on Dynamite is for that do one. like should do like a five like a ten man tag, then have like Mox, Grid Swan, whoever that tag team they're with, and someone else. Motor City Machine Guns. Else. I think it though. X person in there and it wouldn't matter. Ooh. I'd probably Pock put like a maybe. Phoenix in that match. Maybe Pock. Yeah. I don't want that. That would work. Um, yeah, I'd be down for that. I I would love since that is next week's dynamite is closer to um hard to kill. That should be the jumping point to bring in Rich Swan and the Motor City Machine Gun to get involved in this. And of course, you know, Gallows and Anderson come in and make the save, you know, all this other stuff. But they're they have stuff to do to that they can help promote this pay per view. But it, it doesn't seem like AEW is doing that much to, to help to promote Hard to Kill. So that's that's the downside. Um, and Impact, there wasn't much that happened on Impact. Um, we got added a six man six man tag team match uh, for Hard to Kill, old school rules. So it'll be uh, Joe Doring, uh, Cody Diener, and Eric Young taking on the team Tommy Dreamer, Dreamer Rhino, and uh, cousin Luke, cousin Jake. I will say this: uh, Joe Doring came out to the ring, 
his ring attire is cowboy boots, black trunks, but he is wearing a freaking fur coat and a cowboy hat. Literally walking out there looking like an old ass kid rock. I love it. Did he come? Did he, did he come? Did he come out with? It was <laughs> no, they came out with uh, came out to Eric Young's music, but he literally was wearing this gray and white fur coat and a cowboy hat. <laughs> oh man, it was it wasn't it wasn't good. So. All right, so there is that. Let's get into our retro review. Uh Royal Rumble, nineteen eighty eight, first Royal Rumble. Uh, the show opened with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat taking on Ravishing Rick Rude to the point where there was no opening they music, cut it out of the just network. Ravishing Rick Rude's well, music. So for a minute, while I was watching this, <laughs> I was going to say this. I was going to say this on the pay-per-view. I was like, does none of the heels have fucking interest music? He's like, you see Steamboat come out there, and he's already in the ring. And then you see the, you know, later on the Glamour Girls, they're already in the ring. I'm like, well, I guess this is how this works. The heels are already in the ring, and the, <laughs> the, the faces come out to the ring to security guards. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, Steamboat and Rude is that really was good. good. Like, that, was, that was probably the best match on the yep. pay-per-view. Or not the pay-per-view, on the event yep. itself. Oh, I, I did quite enjoy that. That was a good opener. Um, then we go in the fucking Dino Bravo trying to press not press bench press for twenty damn minutes. It's terrible! It's terrible. <laughs> oh. so, uh, what made it worse was just I love Jesse <laughs> Ventura, but to have him sit there and explain like what or, Dino like, was doing like, out, every like, well, time be the he goes to do something see, which is ridiculous. You're lifting weights this heavy, you need a spotter. <laughs> <laughs> and then the sad part is, is I was sitting there looking at it, I was like, man, if that's like 400 pounds, I'd be surprised. Oh, it was like four plates <laughs> on each side, probably 25 pounds each. <laughs> And then, then like me, G, why is he put? What's he putting on his hand? What's that? What's that? What's what's he putting on his hands? Gene, that's chalk. And what, what killed him me is like me, Gene, trying to get him heat. Like, <laughs> all right, he requested it. Uh, y'all be like, absolutely oh silent. Why? <laughs> it's like, dude, it's <laughs> like, like I don't know if you ever been to a gym, but it's like, really, we gotta sit through this. <laughs> A lot of clanging and banging. And usually there's a guy in there going, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But you, but you got like, uh, you got like Dino Bravo, man. He's the, the original gangster. Smooth. <laughs> you know he was in the mob, yeah. right, Gary? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Have you seen me? I'll tell uh I'll tell someone at work. Yeah, he yeah, got. Uh, was like, I think he got killed. They're running them, cigarettes. They in, say, um, not, Canada. Yeah, because he tried to get he tried to get out, but he um like the mob boss sent someone to to kill him. Like came to came to his house. Dino knew that was coming. Sent his wife and 
uh, daughter to her mother's house for the weekend. And then she came home and, you know, Dino was dead in his chair. Gunshot wound. That was all on the, uh, there was the dark side of the ring from last season with uh, Dino Bravo, which is really good. If you haven't watched it, find it. Uh, yeah, so we go from Dino Bravo bench pressing to the uh, WWF Women's Tag Team Championships. This was a Jumping Bomb Angels versus balls. the Glamour Girls with Jimmy Hart. The Glamour what? Girls are like the worst female wrestlers ever. What? It was two out of three falls. Oh, my God. terrible. Oh, my God. And it was not bad. Terrible. It was decent. They were uh, so bad. I think... I think... No, no, I think no, no. the reason why Garrett thought it, it was, was so bad so is because bad. the women were not <laughs> the attractive. Only thing that saved because he, he finally had to watch he finally had to watch a women's match where his no, dick that didn't had get hard. To do with it. And <laughs> I actually told you can <laughs> you can read back the the Facebook messages. I thought the jumping bomb angels were pretty good. <laughs> But the Glamour Girls sold absolutely. <laughs> they were fucking sixty match. years old. Like everybody, like, like <laughs> everything they hit, they just like they fell the wrong way. <laughs> well, they got a. They were fucking. Si- they were fucking like sixty. It's a fucking wrestling match. I just thought it was like a, like a fucking plate. <laughs> I, I don't want to hear that because Mae Young got her old ass put through Dude, a table. My, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Hey, look, my favorite part, my favorite part, uh, my favorite part of the match, my favorite part of the match is, uh, one of them, I forgot, like, injured her leg or something, and so she gets tagged out, and it fucking, (laughs) Jimmy Hart grabs her, Jimmy, no, Jimmy, Jimmy Hart grabs her leg and starts rubbing it, it's like, you get some circulation going, we're gonna get blood back to it. (laughs) <laughs> He's like, you need the circulation, baby. <laughs> you know the worst part about it is, Chris. <laughs> Oh, that was so bad. Who won that? All right, so that was two. Go from that. (laughs) Was that was that two? The uh, it was the the uh, uh, angels won that. Yeah, (laughs) with a terrible bidding combination. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that was two out of three falls, and the Islanders and the Young Sounds was two out of three falls, too. Yep. Yeah. So we go from that to uh, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant contract signing for WrestleMania. Um, Carl, when I, you and I were talking about this, <laughs> yeah, at the beginning of it, when, said, at the beginning of it, why did they like, ring the bell for the contract signing? <laughs> this is a contract signing. <laughs> First person to sign the contract wins the match. <laughs> but they didn't even ring the bell for Dino Bravo's bench press, so it yeah, must have been an unsanctioned was, I mean, bench press. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've seen better work uh, out of both the guys. Uh, oh. And then that table, I mean, 
Good lord. It's like they brought somebody's kitchen table out. <laughs> A fucking contract. <laughs> well, the thing that killed me like later on is they had like uh, an interview with Andre. And I guess he was so pissed off, like he just was just like, I'm like, what is he saying? I was like, is he speaking English? Might have been French. I don't know what he was saying. (laughs) Typically, he's not that hard to understand. Like, you know, he's got his like deep, like, like, you know, how he talks, but like, he's not that bad. What the fuck is he saying? Call the brute squad. What the fuck is he saying? Like, I knew it was bad too because, uh, the whoever his fucking manager is is looking at him like, what is he saying? Bobby, Bobby Heenan. Heenan. I thought it was. I just don't want to say the wrong name. <laughs> he criticized. <laughs> he even looked at him like, what the fuck did you just say? Oh, saying? man. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we have that. So we have the sanctioned contract signing because <laughs> the bell made it official. We go to the the first ever Royal Rumble, one of the the greatest things that Pat Patterson left us, the Royal Rumble, uh, won by off. Hacksaw Jim Duggan after eliminating the starts one off, man gang. Starts off though with Tino Santana who in the short time will be and Brett the Hitman. What's that? Oh. And Brett the Hitman. Was it Chico? No, no, it's not oh, Tito. Chico. It's Chico. <laughs> it's Chico. That's how he kept calling him the whole day. No, it's Tito. Like <laughs> Jesse Ventura, the entire time on commentary, kept calling him Chico Santana. <laughs> the whole night. <laughs> Every time. Oh, there goes Chico. Chico with a drop kick. <laughs> the one guy that I kept oh, calling him the rock. Uh, I swear that's all they kept calling him. Oh, that's all. Um, Don Morocco, yeah. It was Don Morocco, wasn't it? Okay. I was yeah. trying to figure out who it was. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, the, the Royal Rumble match was actually yeah, pretty good. I think, like, like, I, I think I enjoyed Jake that, the Snake so. probably had, like, I mean, it biggest, takes a lot. Like, pop. It takes a lot to fuck to up a Royal Rumble. Like, the crowd went nuts when like, he came out. Which is. Right. Yeah. But, which it cragged me up when. It cracked me up when he went up to like Nightheart and he like tapped him on the shoulder so he turned around so he could hit him in the face. Uh, I think Holly Ray, Holly yeah, Ray, he didn't in there. Turn um, <laughs> the yep. whole uh, Jake hitting him in the face and he just like rocking down and yeah. rocking back up. <laughs> <laughs> The, the the fun thing to look at this, like you look at the first, this first event overall, and then you go to the following year, how it's looked an actual pay-per-view. But then you see where people, where the talent has gone, like the one-man gang. The one-man gang becomes Akeem, the African dream, teaming with the big boss man as the Twin Towers, managed by Slick. And just like the overall presentation of this, like the Royal Rumble match itself and the pay-per-view event, it just amazes me um, from what it what it went from for as just a television event to like a full-on pay-per-view. Um, but yeah, I jumped a little ahead of there. But two out of three falls tag team match, the Islanders versus the Young Stallions. 
Yeah. Um, that was solid uh, main event. Volkov I mean, if you're it? looking at it as a TV um, show, that was a good main event. I'm trying to remember if there's anybody else that were like, when it came out, I was like, oh, cool. That. Yeah. Oh, I'll try to remember who I else. I mean, Nightheart yeah. was in it. Come on, in the rubble? Else was in that Junkyard match. Dog was in it. Uh, I know Junkyard Dog Sam, was in Sam Houston, Sam Houston was in it. Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about I him. And it, I think Warrior it started to be like early on Ultimate Warrior because like you would think like everybody would have went nuts uh, when he came out. Um, I don't know. I can't remember how. Yeah, I think this. I think this is like mm-hmm. pre like big push Ultimate Warrior. Like he was getting like pushed up the card. Like, yeah. but he wasn't like Hillbilly Jam where he would it. be like a year, year and a half from now, from that point. Yep. Uh, it was fun. Was like, it? I enjoyed it. Uh, um, was it for was in at it? least the Royal Rumble aspect? Of it. Was it? Was it for? Uh, so, was it yeah. for a purpose? So had the chalk on his hands yep. from the bench press. Like he just won. Yeah. <laughs> no, they basically the Royal Rumble. They became king of the ring because Hacksaw ended up getting like a crown and a scepter. Um, cape and everything. But so he wasn't he the world's like strongest the king of the man. Ring, so. <laughs> the, uh, so do you remember that from when we did the um, was it Survivor <laughs> Series? What pay-per-view did we review a while back? Um, I remember it was just me watching it on my own. Um, uh, no, I think it was one of the Survivor <laughs> Series. Went Don Morocco, not Don Morocco. Um, um, shit. Who were you just talking That did the bench press. Dino Bravo. Yeah, yeah. That he was with. Um, um, Dino Bravo. Oh, Dino Jesse Bravo. Ventura, and he was talking about him being the world's strongest man. Like world strongest man. Like that's what. I forgot. I think it was Survivor Series, but can't remember. That might. It might have been. Might have been one that we watched. I remember. Because I think mm-hmm. he, I think Dino Bravo was on one of the. This probably like one of the first. I think it was the first Survivor Series. Yeah, it was. It was the first Survivor Series. He was part of one of the uh, the first teams. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, uh, I mean, me and Garrett sorry watched. Which one uh, do you guys? Which one will you guys want to do next one. week? Ninety-two. Okay. All right, let's do ninety-two. The actual rest of the pay-per-view. I remember. I remember ninety-two. That's supposed um, to be like the greatest. Like it was a little time, different so. from what I remember. Ninety-two. But I mean. I remember. Yeah. I remember seeing Ric Flair win. We'll talk about it because he week. won. Wasn't that when he won yeah. the title? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So next week we'll do we'll we'll watch the uh, Royal Rumble '92. Um, 
I think we'll get a special guest on the podcast too to talk about the uh, the '92 oh, Royal Rumble. Who might that be? The world may never know. I uh-huh. said, "Who might that be?" The world may never know. Tune in next time. They'll never. Know. I mean, he said he he said my well, it's, it's definitely nobody famous. You so. never know. <laughs> Semi-famous, yeah. Does some uh, some stand-up comedy um, stuff, you know, occasionally. So, yeah, might Sounds work. Good to be. All right. So, on that note, um, we were going to bring back the Wrestle Gun Wrestling Federation this week. Uh, we're, we're actually going to postpone that till next month for our regular show bookings. Uh, this. Coming week, next week, next episode, uh, we're actually going to give you the WrestleGeddon Wrestling Federation New Year Royale. Uh, basically, it's it's our Royal Rumble. So it'll be 10 wrestlers from each brand. Uh, they'll battle it out to be the uh, last person standing. So the winning brand will get to replace not one, but two members of their roster. Oh, shit. Oh yeah, we up the ante from the Survivor Series. So two, two roster members for winning the Royal Rumble, uh, not the Royal <laughs> Rumble, the New Year Royale. It's like a uh, the Royale with cheese. <laughs> All right, so yeah, that's that's pretty much it for this week. We're um, about almost at the two hour mark here. Um. um so let's take it home, Carl. What you got for theme of the week? Chris off. I'm gonna go with that goddamn Darby Allen. <laughs> All right, we'll do that goddamn Darby Allen. I feel like it's been done before. <laughs> yep. Has Darby Allen been done before? I have no idea. Uh, I don't think we have not done Darby Allen before as the theme of the week. So. But no, uh, we can definitely do that. Darby Allen, theme of the week, Carl's pick. So there we go, ladies and gentlemen. The theme of the week. Darby Allen, the goddamn Darby Allen. Most overrated wrestler. My choice. 2020. Ah, <laughs> uh, on behalf of myself. We're just going to go right into the closing here because some of us are tired and was drinking earlier and the alcohol made them really tired. <laughs> 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 I, my wife and I finally opened the little bit of the bubbly and knocked uh, off that bottle. So it was really good. Really good. So got another bottle to go. But uh, yeah, so on behalf of myself, Chris the Heat Matthews, Garrett G. Money Mun and the Tennessee Jesus Call Crossland. Thank you all for listening to another edition of the Wrestling Getting Podcast. And we'll talk to you all next week on a brand new episode. Later, Marks. Gotta get the circulation going. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.